You are listening to Living for the Cinema with Jeff Gershon. I am a cinema enthusiast of all genres, here to discuss with you one film every episode. The good, the bad, and the ugly of what makes each film unique. And just as a warning, these films might be in theaters now, or they may be from 10, 20, 30 years ago. But regardless, there's a strong possibility that I will be revealing spoilers. I might give away the plot or the ending in this review, so just be warned. We are here to discuss today A Quiet Place Part 2. It's a sequel to the film A Quiet Place from three years ago, directed by John Krasinski. And John Krasinski returned to direct this one as well. It stars Emily Blunt, Cillian Murphy, Millicent Simmons, Noah Jupe, Jaimon Hansu, and John Krasinski in a short appearance. If I had to pick the genre for this, I would say it's a sci-fi horror thriller. So let's start things off here. A Quiet Place Part 2. I like the first movie, and I like the second movie. A Quiet Place Part 2 is that rare genre sequel which doesn't fall into either of the most common sequel traps that we've seen with so many other sequels. One of those traps is expanding the universe to the point where it just collapses under its own weight. For an example of that, just take your pick of any Terminator sequel after T2. The other trap that's pretty common is it doesn't play it safe by constantly referencing and or paying homage to previous films. For an example of that, Just take your pick of any film directed by J.J. Abrams, which has the word star in the title. No, what A Quiet Place Part 2 does, it attempts and achieves something quite simple. It continues the story of the first film in a satisfactory fashion without overloading on new characters or twisting itself into narrative knots. So you could say that it follows the Lethal Weapon 2, Superman 2, Rocky 2, or just my opinion, Quantum of Solace template. Now, there are new characters introduced and new settings as well, but it's all pretty organic. This film pretty much picks up where the previous film left off, but it also starts out with a prologue establishing what happened to our main characters on, quote, day one, quote, meaning the beginning of this attack. Uh, That'll happen. A bomb, I think. And even though a flashback like that might seem perfunctory, There is honestly not a wasted minute in this whole thing. John Krasinski has returned to direct, and one thing I could definitely appreciate about him is that he is an efficient storyteller. Part 2 tops out at just under 100 minutes, and it's still packed with just enough suspense, surprises, and character development. Their performances are pretty strong across the board, though keep in mind that this is all with minimal dialogue. Or, and maybe this was the film's intention considering the circumstances, There's very little in the way of audible dialogue at times. Emily Blunt, she's the star, and she is great as always. But the standouts, I would have to say, are likely Cillian Murphy and Millicent Simmons, who are probably given the most to do. Simmons, who is a deaf actress, really does a lot with zero audible dialogue. And I'm not just talking about her signing, her sign language. She's doing a ton with her very expressive face, and she also holds her own in the action department. And I've always liked Cillian Murphy since he blew up, what was it, 17, 18 years ago and 28 days later. When he was younger, when he was a younger actor, Cillian Murphy, just he just had that pouty model kind of face with the piercing blue eyes. 
And that kind of worked for both sympathetic protagonists or duplicitous creepy villains. And both those kind of roles just fit him like a glove. But as he's gotten older, he seems to have drifted into more pure menace, more villain, villainous roles with how he appears. Until now. Who'd have thunk it that with the right amount of scruff and dingy clothing on, that suddenly Cillian Murphy had kind of a Michael Bean-type lane in him? But he does. Murphy acquits himself very nice as a sort of secondary action protagonist who's both relatable and reliable. And I really want to see him in more roles like this. Now, the film is not without its flaws. There's one character development that happens which I saw coming a mile away, and I didn't want it to happen, but it did in fact happen. And this is more of a quibble, but the creatures in both of these films, you know, it's funny, I think about it, how has nobody coined a nickname for these creatures yet? Well, I'm going to actually bestow that honor upon myself, and I will refer to these creatures as, quote, sound killers. You're welcome. We can call them sound killers. So anyways, there's not really much to the sound killers as actual villains. They have a singular purpose, and that's fine, but okay, spoiler alert. This is going to be a minor spoiler, but I'm just warning you. This film just came out. Spoiler alert. Okay, you've been warned. Here's the thing about the sound killers. I love saying that. (laughs) They've taken over a whole planet, and they're this disorganized? The sound killers only attack one-on-one. They never attack in packs, which makes them easier to defeat. And here's a kicker for me. They know that certain sounds can disable them, but they never make a legit attempt to destroy the source of these sounds. They have zero defensive capabilities, and they never even go on reconnaissance missions. It's a quibble for sure, and to be fair to Krasinski, if he was trying to show the sound killers getting more sophisticated, that could potentially hurt the sense of scale that he was going for the second time around. It's tricky for sure, and I can respect him keeping them simple, but it remains to be seen how many more sequels he could sustain that for. But with this particular sequel, he pulled it off, and props to Krasinski and crew for delivering a truly satisfying film, which I actually enjoyed a slight bit more than the original. And now this brings us to the categories. The first category is Best Needle Drop. This is the best song cue or piece of score used throughout the runtime of the film. And as I've said before, music is essential to film, with one big exception, these movies. It's called A Quiet Place for a reason. The whole idea is silence, so really music cannot actually play that much of a part in these movies. But in this particular movie, we actually do hear Beyond the Sea by Bobby Darren. It's played quite a few times throughout the film, and it takes on a kind of a special meaning. And I've always loved that song, so it was nice to hear it. But let's make something clear. This is not the type of film that the category of needle drops was really meant for. But if I had to pick one, Beyond the Sea by Bobby Darren. It's a good song. Somewhere beyond the sea, somewhere waiting for me. My lover stands on golden sands And watches the ships that go sailing That brings us to the next category, Wasted Talent. And this is basically the most underutilized talent involved with the film. And this is a pretty easy one, too. Jaimon Hansu is in this movie, but not much. I'm even in love with your anger! I mean, no, we anything that lives. Jaiman Hansu is one of those actors who elevates everything he's in. He's got a leading man's presence and a leading man's talent. But sadly, he seems to get relegated way too often to small supporting roles in genre films. And yes, that continues with this film. His character appears late in the movie, and he has a couple of nice moments, and then he's gone. 
I wanted more Jaiman Hansu, bottom line. He's wasted talent in this, and in a lot of movies. And the next category would be trailer moment. This is the scene or moment that best describes the film, that best sells it. And for this one, it's kind of easy because we have that opening prologue. The opening prologue, which takes place on day one of the global attack of the sound killers. Come on, let's make it happen. Let's make sound killers happen. It was featured prominently in all the trailers for this movie. And for good reason. It's a very effective sequence. It also has the bonus of having Krasinski himself appear in it as we see this family start to scramble from the incoming attack. And yes, as with the trailers for this movie, the money shot remains that POV shot of Emily Blunt driving her car backwards with the kids inside as we see a seemingly abandoned bus plow forward headfirst right towards them. And then there's that shot of one of the legs of a sound killer creeping out of the front of the bus. It's really exciting stuff, and it is definitely a trailer moment. It's one of the reasons I was excited to see this, so it obviously did its job. So come on. Yeah. And that brings us to the final category, and that would be MVP. The MVP is the person or people who are most responsible for the success of this film. Now, A Quiet Place Part 2, it's a genuine group effort, and it has Krasinski leading the charge, and he deserves a lot of props, as I've said. But this award needs to go to Millicent Simmons. She is pretty much the heart and soul of this movie. Yes, as an aspiring 18-year-old deaf actress, her overall personal story is pretty inspiring in itself, even just separate from the movie. But she has now brought that spirit to both A Quiet Place movies as a three-dimensional heroine who we can feel for and who we can root for. I honestly would not mind if she becomes even more of a focus for future sequels. And I'm also eager to see what else Millicent Simmons does next. She's the MVP. And that brings us to my final rating for this film. I would rate this film four stars out of five. I would say that rating puts it pretty much on par with the previous film, and I highly recommend checking this out. And here's the exciting thing. It's not on any streaming service. You have to go to a movie theater to see this movie. Isn't that exciting? That's right. A Quiet Place Part 2 is only playing in theaters right now. So check it out. And that ends this episode. Check us out and subscribe to Living for the Cinema on all platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google, and anywhere else podcasts are available. And join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema. 